everybody, and welcome to the first long cast of the year. Now, uh, we finished out 2018, it was great, and now it is time for 2019 with a whole new slew of guests, and I have part one with my good friend Aiden Hankin. Now, Aiden and I played on Westchester's tennis team uh, for several years together, and I went back and I helped out this last year too, so we're pretty close friends, and I just had a ton of fun. He's also one of the most positive and energetic people that I know. So I really wanted to have him on and just have a good time and kind of discuss a bunch of different things. And in this episode, we went right into talking about sports, which is one of the things where Aiden and I really have a lot of crossover and interest together is in sports and the performance of really, really high level athletes. So uh, we talk a lot about that. We talk about the landscape of some of the sports world right now and how that's how that's kind of pulling itself together and what's happening. Uh, and then we also kind of talked a little bit about OJ Simpson and we had a little bit of fun with that. It was it was just a wild, fun podcast and it was relaxing. Uh, we did do it over Skype, which is interesting. Uh, this was my first, I want to say, official Skype interview. Now, I've done a couple other podcasts on Skype, but this was my first one where uh, I just sat down with one other person and recorded it completely on Skype. So I think it went really, really well, and I'm really happy that it came on. So without further ado, enjoy part one with my good friend, Aiden Henkin. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. It's starting the recording. All right. We're already live, Aiden. How you doing? Oh, wow. I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm so good. I'm actually really happy to have you on because I'm I've been going... I'm glad to hear it because it's been... I've been going through this phase where I've been having everyone on my gym on from like jujitsu and everything. Okay. And, and now I'm actually having like a friend on and it's been a while since I've had like Joe or someone else on. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm a little nervous, but I'm also excited. I'm really excited, man. Dude, let's, let's start it off. What do you want to talk about? All right. Well, first, let me just set this up a little bit, because if they're listening to the podcast, they probably don't really know you that well. Like I know you, which is. That is unfortunate. I think everyone should know you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet, by the way. I appreciate you, Lucas. <laughs> Wise, likewise, too. Yeah. No, your ability to just... Uh, one thing I really like is that you seem to be one of the most confident yet relaxed people that I know. I appreciate that. I, yeah. I, would, I take pride in that. Yeah, because whenever... So we play tennis together on the tennis team, and that's, how I, how, that's actually how we met. But mm-hmm. your ability just brush things off and just relax but still be able to be really competitive and everything it it just fascinates me because i stress out a lot when it comes to that type of stuff you know yeah but i mean in the competitive world you can't once you start stressing that's when you lose all your um what's it called like all your motivation and once you start stressing you start thinking about outside uh like stressors and even outside things that things that aren't affecting you at all in the moment so yeah uh, yeah look through it look past it and Mm-hmm. yeah keep competing yeah do you think that came from when you were younger because you played a lot of sports right i did i think um i get it just more from uh just a lot of experience i think i don't think it has to do with the like the different sports i played but i think it has to do with like the experience i've been playing sports since holy crap like eight years old probably i don't know yeah. more less i started young and yeah i think the more you go through it too the more you get confident and confidence in your abilities to play and yeah mm-hmm. i think that's important to like start in sports so young like i'm really glad i did but yeah when- dude i didn't start tennis until um high school i started my eighth grade year i was probably what 14 or 15 years old so yeah and you're really athletic and you're you actually have really good strokes 
I think you're a really good player. I think if you just get it together a little bit more, you'll be okay. getting all those victories. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a long road. Long road, baby. We got, I'm I'm excited for the spring. Yeah, I I'm excited because I'm going to be helping out the team, so I'll be watching everything. I'm really excited, dude. What sport did you start with, though? Um, my, well, the easiest sport, I guess. I feel like everybody starts with those soccer, but that wasn't like my true first sport that I wanted to start playing. I think my first sport that I ever really truly had a passion for was basketball. Yeah. Baseball was fun because all my friends played baseball. Okay. But basketball, uh, that was like the first. I started playing soccer and baseball probably the earliest. And then basketball was the first sport that I think I put myself into. My parents put me into baseball and soccer. But basketball was the one I was like, hey, guys, I really want to do this. Okay. And it was weird because my dad's like five five, and my mom's five foot. So yeah. <laughs> you see me, I was a tiny little guy too when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So you see me out there hooping, but I would hoop. I would play a year up and everything. I would play with my brother. We would play in um. So oh, if I was yeah. like fifth grade, I would play in the sixth grade division, and I was always real competitive. So yeah, yeah I always say I always like to play up and hold my own. But yeah, basketball was definitely the first sport that I think I like really pushed myself, put myself into first. I love basketball. I think basketball is one of the best sports to watch, to play. I think it's so great. Just everything about it. It has very interesting sport for sure. Yeah, I know there's it's kind of interesting because it's everything is going towards these analytics and all these stats and everything. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how the game is starting to change because I think the Sixers, they're really into stats, right? Yeah, that's yeah. They have like a huge like stat whatever personnel that just they literally work for the Sixers. Yeah, and then I think the Rockets are also a big a team that are really into stats and just maximizing maximizing players' potential. Hey, and they're two. They're pretty good uh, organizations. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I revolutionizing the sport. mm -hmm. What what drew you towards basketball though? Because I didn't play basketball when I was younger, unfortunately, and I wish I had. But I think watching it on TV and I knew a couple older kids that played. And obviously my brother was older than me that played sports. So he knew people that are, were already playing and just kind of interested me. And like I said, I was watching it on TV. And yeah. hey, I you grow up a couple minutes from the park. You're playing baseball at the park and right yeah. across the way, the kids playing basketball. And you're just like, hey, I think I could do that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And that's what's nice about basketball. They actually say that uh, because it's so much, uh, it takes so much less space than like a soccer field or a football field, and you can do it by yourself, that that's why it's starting to grow so much. Yeah. Which I find like super interesting. But one thing I wanted to ask you is because I have a younger brother, and are you the, are you the youngest out of your I, whole family? I am the youngest. You're the youngest. So I you... So I have uh, I spend time with Andre all the time. You know, Andre's my younger brother and I'm going to have him on eventually. But I want to know what it was like growing up because I've asked him, but I haven't like asked other people what it was, what what it's like being the youngest. And then especially in like a sports oriented family. So being the youngest. So my oldest brother is he was gifted with a lot of um, he's very smart. He was the valedictorian of his high school class and he graduated in the top whatever percentile at Haverford and now he's doing research at Penn State and he has a um he's doing grad school and he has an internship with the Hershey Med Center for his um for the last half of his graduate work yeah so 
he was really gifted with that. And then Dustin, he played sports. Me and him always were really competitive with each other. He like yeah. I, he was the one that I looked at when we were playing sports, like because he was a year older than me, and I just saw him doing everything a year earlier than me. Mm-hmm. So, but you- growing up the youngest, though, I guess I only really had one true competitor. What were you gonna ask, Lucas? No, keep going, keep going. Yeah, being being the youngest, I only had one true like competitor in athletics i always had my older brother to look up to in uh school which was really good i thought it was mm-hmm. a really good balance because he was always able to help me with schoolwork or push me to do schoolwork while yeah. dustin who played sports he was always we always went to practice together we were there pushing each other at practices and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then we always had the hoop right outside the house or our backyard we could go down and throw yeah. whipple at each other <laughs> and just yeah just push yourself and like like I said, so he's older, so he would have his friends over too, and I would yeah. obviously get in with the gang and start playing sports. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first like real moments. I guess I would push myself in sports because I'm not mm-hmm. gonna go out there and look like a scrub playing against these kids that I'm gonna yeah. go to in school the next day, and they're the grade older than me. Yeah. So I guess just playing when I was younger and trying to impress people, and obviously impress myself because that's who matters the most, I guess. But yeah. Um. Yeah, so I can I want to say something real quick. Yeah, is I can see that in you. Like you yeah. don't play for other people really. Like no, you no, really no. play for yourself. And one thing that I really wanted to show the rest of the team that when we were playing, like because I was captain, um, I actually wanted to say like if you look at Aiden, he is only disappointed in himself when he has like a really bad performance. Yeah because of how he played it was because of how he performed and he understands that it really just maximizing his own performance is like the most important thing and you can't play for other people because that's going to add all these other stressors which is something that i struggled with i don't know if you noticed but i struggled with that for a while yeah you're you're uh, you're definitely onto something lucas because when um when i'm playing sports i realize that i can't physically make people better it's not possible it, yeah. it, it truly is an impossible feat but um being mentally and being mentally and physically by yourself mm. performing at your highest level you can like i said kind of with like what i was talking about you just push people and you could like motivate them and yeah yeah just especially like in tennis when you have five other kids lined up down the court and you see the yeah. one kid having a temper tantrum or seems really disappointed in himself and just has his head hanging you it's it's tough to watch that and then go out yourself and perform to the highest of your level too because you're thinking about your teammate, but really you mm-hmm. just should be there pushing each other and rooting for each other. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a really good point. Is that I think that's an important thing, um, and it's something that as a captain I tried to understand too was that factor that you can't make other people play better. It's not possible. There's nothing you can do. You can say the most motivational thing, especially in tennis, right? Yeah. Because you can be extremely motivational. And I think I was a fairly good captain. There were things I could have done better. Most definitely. Yeah, but you have to figure that all yourself. It's not like in, I guess, basketball and other sports where you can kind of, you can either draw plays for other players or whatever. You've got to do it all yourself, especially in tennis. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's why you decide to commit to playing tennis in college? Um, I really didn't have an option to play any other sport. I didn't even have an, I, I did coming into college. I didn't even know if I was going to play a sport cause I didn't oh, okay. get offers. I didn't get looked at by any, I was just, it was my fourth year playing tennis. I didn't know 
the ins and outs of recruiting. I didn't know the ins and outs yeah. of the game itself. I'm a yeah. different player now than I was three years, four years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad you picked Westchester. I'm so glad I did too. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I was saying though, there wasn't like ba- if I would have played basketball in, in college, it would have been at a D3 school. Yeah. If I would have played, I don't think I could have played any other sport. I could have played golf probably at a Division three school too or a low Division two school. I was pretty good at golf, but um, yeah. you played everything. I, yeah, I played a bunch of things, bro. I've I've done it all. Yeah, but I think what drew me to tennis a lot though, especially once like Co- uh, Coach Tharp really was, you should try out for the team or please come play or whatever she said. Yeah. Was the fact that I really like the aspect of individual sports but Mm -hmm. the i also love team sports as well like i said i played soccer basketball yeah but it kind of ties together perfectly the individual aspect Mm -hmm. of sports and team because you can win individually but that doesn't necessarily mean the team's gonna win yeah and i really like that yeah i like it too it can also be upsetting sometimes because you can get it can be upsetting because a lot of people can have a bad day and then you can have a good day which is really unfortunate and it's really this weird balance where but that's but that's what builds character lucas yeah it does because when i think of times that i've played and i can even think of moments in basketball where i individually played the best of my ability but the rest Mm -hmm. of my team they look slow they look tired and it hurts after the game but it's something that and this that goes into leadership. That's something you can yeah. bring into the next practice. You could try and push everybody a little bit harder. You can try yeah. and talk somebody up a little bit more that mm-hmm. get, isn't talked up. or Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff like that that maybe in the future will help you build onto something else. Yeah, but you can't make people play better. That's the bottom not, line. Not possible. Yeah, it's that weird balance of really trying to figure out how you can do all those things. You can only motivate. Yeah, and then yeah. you have to like let go. That's mm-hmm. really weird. You're helping me see it from a way different perspective now, actually. I'm really glad because yeah, I, I definitely didn't go deep in it like this before. Um, I have something that's interesting, though, before we lose it, before I forget it. And yeah. that's um, so you were extremely competitive with your older brother, right? In sports. Uh, middle brother. Oldest oh, yeah, brother. Smart. Yeah. So one thing I noticed with my younger brother is that he is also like extremely competitive and mm-hmm. as he's gotten older and he's able to compete with me in things, we have epic battles and whatever it is. We just compete in everything. Are you guys yeah. kind of like that? Um, I think now that because me and the, I mean, we don't really play organized sports together anymore. We'll sometimes go shoot around. But yeah, I think it's more friendly competitive now than it is when we were younger, because when we were younger, it, it, it really meant something to you. But I could see if me and Dustin had like. A disagreement and we wanted to go play a game of one-on-one to settle it or something like i could see that being pretty uh yeah i could see that being an epic battle but no me and dustin haven't had an epic battle in uh sports lately <laughs> no it's uh, the reason i also wanted to kind of ask is because uh andre he um he seems to, he wants to beat me more than anybody in the entire world i've never seen anything like it and one thing i've also noticed too is that you see a lot of these uh, especially MMA guys, these really successful guys, a lot of them are younger brothers. I think it's kind of funky. Like John Jones is a younger brother, and he's like the most successful UFC fighter of all time. I know a lot of younger brothers that are extremely athletic, and I think that it it I don't think it mainly comes from God giving. I think obviously a lot could be from your maker, your parents, yeah. or whatever genetics. But I think 
in my position, I don't think I'm like, I think I'm more athletic than some people, but I wouldn't go out and say that I'm like one of the most athletic people I know. Mm-hmm. But I think that competitiveness and growing up in a, in a lot of situations where you just got to find out your own way. I, yeah. I as a younger brother, it happens more than people think. Cause a lot of people are like, well, you have those, those older people or to look up to and ask questions. But a lot of times as a younger brother, I found myself being more um, curious than like wanting to ask somebody curious. I was more curious to find out myself, I guess, just cause I know I already knew that they knew and I didn't want to just ask about it. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. And then like I think I could, there's, let me build on it real quick. Like, yeah, go ahead. Playing with his friends. I didn't want to just ask him like, Oh, how good are they really? Or like, how, how high can they jump? Cause like they're a full year older than me. They, oh, yeah. they were, I knew a lot of his friends were very athletic when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I would rather just go play with them. I, I wouldn't ask questions. I would just say, Hey, I'm got my shoes on. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then was it kind of, so since you guys are only a year apart, right? A year. Yep. 13 months. Okay. So that's, that's a little different than Andre and I. So did you ever have that period where he was kind of growing up and he was just so much physically, he was just different than you were. He, he was never fit like physically. Uh, we, we basically like matured and went through puberty around okay. the same like time ish. I think <laughs> through it earlier than I did, but mm-hmm. I was scrappy still. I wasn't going to yeah. let anybody tell me otherwise. So yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't know, man. I don't yeah. Know. Cause it, and it, like I said, at 13 months, it's a month. What are you guys? You guys are like four years apart. Yeah. I think it's, he's 18 or 19 now and I'm 23. So yeah. it's kind of a, a gap. So that, yeah, that, that you, I would definitely be able to see, like you would start whooping on him at one point, but yeah. we, like you said, we, we definitely had our epic, epic battles back in the day. Yeah. It's funny now too, because I actually, I've talked to Andre about this a lot. I said, I'm so glad that you're older now because mm-hmm we can do so many more things together because you're an adult. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. can do so many more things hanging out. And it's now at the point where in some things that we compete and he just whoops my ass and I fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened dude. the change, the changing of the guards. Yeah, I know it's, it's weird. Yeah. I never thought it would happen, but uh, especially in video games is the one that's the one where we compete a lot in, but he's really good at video games. If I understand correctly. Yeah, so we play melee together. So that's a it's like a pretty big esport, but uh, Super Smash. He, yeah, Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Melee. Yep. Andre's nuts at melee. I I could see it. Yeah, compared to me, but there's also doesn't uh JJ Watt have a younger brother? Yeah, TJ. He has a bunch of brothers. They all yeah. play in the NFL, though. I think all of his brothers play in the NFL mm-hmm. or played at one point. Yeah. The reason he sticks out to me is because I remember one time we were talking and you were just like, you don't think like J.J. Watt is healthy. And I was like, I don't know. And you were just like, he is a physical human being monster. Like what he is. Yeah. Just specimens. His youngest brother, TJ, is having a great year on the Steelers. Yeah, I was saw I saw that. That's why uh, that kind of stuck in my mind. And he's how many seasons in now? Eight or nine. Let me look on my phone real quick. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of funky. What are what's the number one sport you watch? You would say because I think this is probably where we connect the most is the sports our interest in sports together. No, yeah, you're definitely right. So before I answer that, JJ Watt was drafted in 2011, so it's his seventh year. But okay. my favorite sport to watch, um, are we talking live or on the television? 
Let's go with both. Get, hit me the hit me with the live one first, and then television. So when me and when me and my friends were younger, we went and watched live like pro wrestling. Like oh my god, not quite WWE, but like a mm-hmm. long like some dude jumped off uh, the balcony where people were sitting into the stage. Like oh my god, <laughs> I can I can't. I've seen a lot of sports live too, but I cannot even come close to like ranking any. It was so much fun. I, and yeah. Oh my gosh. Complete class acts. It was so much fun, but something to watch on TV and more of a normal sport would probably have to be like, I love basketball and this time of the year though. Um, and maybe even a little bit closer to January and February. I love me some playoff football. Yeah. Playoff football is, is nuts. I love I love the aspect of you two are the top teams, but whoever loses, you're going home. There's no, yeah. um, they don't have, what is it called? Um, they don't have like a series. Like a series. Yeah. There's no series. It's just you win or you go home. Yeah. Are um, you into, are you into college sports at all too? I watch a lot of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, it, what is it about college basketball that you really like? Cause I know a lot of people that are really into it, but I'm, I'm more of an NBA guy myself. And it always fascinates me that people that are just really into college basketball, what do you like about that? So what I thought was crazy four years ago was, wow, that could be me. And now being four years, especially college basketball, cause they're all, most of them are 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. Since most of them opt to go to the draft or play overseas. Yeah. Um, unless they stick it out and get their degrees and stuff like that. Um, but like I was saying, I think it's really interesting how like, oh, wow, those kids are my age, but yeah. those guys are freaks. And that even yeah. goes to college football, too. They're they're all specimens. And yeah. I don't, like I like to I don't even like Duke. I actually despise Duke. UNC is <laughs> a basketball team. But yeah, I have never found myself so interested in watching Duke basketball ever in my life. Because yeah. I think it's it's impressive watching Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish how they're so easily able to just be athletic whenever they want. I think that's so impressive. Yeah, and then that's I wonder if we're going to be seeing more players like that, just these physical freaks of nature in a good way you at see, such and, a young age. But if you think about it, the last guy we saw like that really was. Who panned out, of course, was LeBron James. He yeah. the only the, compared to Zion Williamson. I'm speaking, yeah. but like the six foot eight, six foot nine build with 250 or 60 pounds and yeah. a wingspan of like seven. You just don't kids just aren't born like that every day. I know. Happen. There's but, a really good, uh, funny quote, and Rogan says it. I, I forget if it's a quote, but he goes, he he looks at me, he goes, I am not that like that human being. There are just human beings that can do things that I will never be able to ever do, no matter what, you know? Oh, yeah, bro. A hundred percent. I would never, ever in my lifetime dream of running about, like, 18 miles per hour down a 72-foot basketball court and jumping three or four feet off the ground and dunking a ball, bro. I could never – I don't think I could ever imagine it. I know. It's just (laughs) – and you got all these other dudes the same size of you running after you trying to block your shot. It's yeah. Not as easy as it looks. I think it's funny, too. And I think everyone is guilty of this at some point. You kind of look at NBA players and you go, oh, my God, why isn't that guy? That guy sucks. Like, he's not doing as much as maybe other players on his team. But then you have to think he is he might not be the norm amongst everybody. He might be um like a lower level than all those NBA players, but as a physical freak of nature compared to you, he is so much more. Yeah, it's, you you got to look at the grand scheme. 
Mm-hmm. You really do. Yeah, especially like like you're saying the, the lower cuz I I'm guilty of doing that too. You look at that guy, oh, he's trash. He, he can't shoot. But Yeah. If even if you go and play a pickup game of 5 on 5 and that guy's on the other team and you're guarding him, you're you're going to notice quite a difference. <laughs> yeah. My dad and I, we always joke. We go because uh, we've been watching a lot of Sixers basketball because they're getting good now. Mm-hmm. And they're finally good. So we always joke uh, the easy one is Ben Simmons because he doesn't shoot at all. And he, he never takes jumpers. And it's rough to watch. But we always joke that like if he was shooting around with us, he'd probably be hitting like everything. Yeah. Oh, 100. Or I bet you he would even. Yeah. Like you said, he would basically be hitting everything. Not necessarily three point shots, but his mid range game. I bet you. Yeah. And you don't you, think about that. You don't yeah. think about yeah how much work they put into it too. It's it's unreal. Mm-hmm. It's and just then, really tough moving at eight, like like I said at quick speeds and picking up your dribble and trying to shoot it over another guy that's equally as athletically gifted as you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the defenses. I th- I don't think people have realized how difficult defense is. Defense is tough. Yeah. Staying, <laughs> staying in the like a half squat position in athletic stances, that's tiring mm-hmm. as, uh, itself trying to do that. But then shuffling back and forth, trying to mirror somebody's even tougher. Yeah. And then just the fact that you're always reacting to every single thing, yeah, that, that blows I my would, mind. I would have to say that basketball and tennis are the most... Yeah, maybe even football, but I think basketball and tennis because it's so much. Everybody's so much closer together, and especially in tennis, you have to literally react to every movement. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. not react because if you don't, you're gonna be behind. But especially basketball, mm-hmm. everybody's reacting to the same thing. Some people don't move as quickly as others do, but yeah. everybody's reacting. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I forget if I talked about this on the podcast before, but. So it's really hard for us to fathom sports geniuses. Like if you look at a math genius and he solves a math problem, right? Yeah. Like let's let's take this example. You can look at that and go, wow, I can never do that. Like that guy's a genius, right? Mm-hmm. And I've kind of I've talked about this a little bit. And there's definitely people in sports when they get to the highest level, like let's pick LeBron James, right? Because okay. he's been around forever and so long. He is a basketball genius right yeah for sure he he probably he thinks of the game in a way that you and i can't even begin to understand because he probably when he faces someone up right Mm -hmm. he probably is thinking oh he probably has a rough tally in his head not a specific number but he's probably like oh i've kind of i've done this fake so many so many percentage of times now's now's the time to go you know what i mean 100 percent yeah, like, and he probably sets traps for later plays. Hey, dude, I, I can think of it in my head, too, when I remember playing basketball. You could literally, I could in my head be like, all right, I'm going to jab my foot this way. And you watch where their foot jabs, and mm-hmm. it happens all, It's because it's their reaction. You're literally reacting to other people's reaction. Yeah. And he, like, I bet you within the first three minutes of the game, if he's playing a, um, a guy of his cal- caliber especially, Mm-hmm. I bet you by the third minute, because they, they would guard each other most of the game if they're playing man defense. Yeah. But within the first three minutes of the game, I bet you he already knows how he reacts to that move. So, like, yeah. let's, he wants to drive to the to the basket. Like, maybe he'll jab his right, his, his right foot the first time and fake it. But then yeah. the second time, he'll just go for it because he already knows maybe he's not going to bite on it the second time because he didn't bite on it the first time. Yeah. So. That's it, crazy. It, he it's oh my gosh i couldn't imagine being that good like being 
it's almost like a chess genius, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is something that you don't think of when it comes to athletes. But I think more so that stigma is being removed now. We look at these athletes as they're not just physical freaks. They're also super geniuses in what they do. I was going to say, yeah, they might not be geniuses in what we like me or you do. But yeah. They- might be or they might not even be a genius like a surgeon but they're geniuses in their sports and that's for and it shows in their game yeah it's crazy and it blows my mind and then how and add on top of that let's continue just with lebron he almost does all everything on the court himself like he kind of coaches he kind of does everything yeah he's oh i definitely agree with that he is he is a floor general yeah do you have a favorite basketball player by the way uh growing up big fan of the sixers i have to go with alan iverson alan iverson that's my guy right there i've got some old alan iverson reeboks actually i totally believe it Mm -hmm. i'll never forget the moment uh 2001 it was like early 2000s i want to say when they were making a championship run Mm -hmm. and they were playing the lakers in the finals and you stepped over tyron lou (laughs) yeah that shot that is I think that and the Michael Jordan crossover are just some of the most iconic sports moments that I can just replay in my mind whenever I want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just I, I hope they do a um, yeah, I think I so, showed you that the other day when we were hanging out at your house, uh, that SB Nation video, the iconic moments in sports. Yeah, you were showing me that. Definitely. Yeah. I would love to see a breakdown of all that lead up. And then like how Allen Iverson, he was picked in the draft and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he just he does this moment and you don't even think about it. But now it's when you think of Allen Iverson, those are some of the images that come to mind. I would um, I actually recommend you should watch a ESPN. Uh, it's either 30 for 30 or an E60 about Allen Iverson. It's actually very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, and then uh, how do you like the 30 for 30s? I'm actually a big fan of anything ESPN puts out. I think, I think yeah. ESPN is. It hurts me to say it a little bit, but they're better than Nickelodeon. They're better than Disney. Yeah. Better, even the, I think they own ABC and Disney or something like that. Or they're, make ABC owns ESPN or something. They might be under that same like umbrella company or whatever. Yeah, there's something, but ESPN to me just puts out the greatest content. Yeah. Yeah, they they always their 30 for 30s are always very interesting and they're always on a polarizing topic or their E60s and yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting. They do a lot of really quality stuff and it really shows, I think, to how notorious they are and their budget and how dedicated they are to getting every little bit of information they can out of everything. I totally like, agree with you, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And think, yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. Do you have like any favorite 30 for 30s? Because I, I want a couple suggestions, too, because I haven't watched so many of them, but I know they're really good. So let me think. I know um Jim Val- Jimmy Valvano has he has a really good either E60 or 30 for 30. Um, yeah. Oh, shoot. Who else? I bet you I don't know if you big fan or not but oj simpson he mm-hmm. definitely has a really interesting 30 for 30 or e60 he even had um that whole series done about the whole like situation and stuff yeah. like he had a whole series done on that like the the people against oj or something on yeah i think it was and i think yeah. espn even put out like a five thing series of, of yeah o. simpson 
That's a but, crazy story. Yeah, you could you could look those up. I totally recommend checking something out on ESPN. I'll check them out for sure. But the one thing that I always hear about, because again, I listen to a lot of Rogan stuff, um, is that OJ he did a, if I did it or something, right? Yeah, he wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, I think OJ Simpson um, is. And you could put me on record for this one, Lucas. I think he's the most psychotic person to ever live the the earth. I think he didn't understand what was happening when it was happening because it happened so fast for him. Yeah, everything had, and he has he does have a quote, and you can also put me on the quote for this one, Lucas. He has a quote saying, "I'm not black. I'm OJ." Oh my god! <laughs> what do you think it's like to be to be like that mentally? Um, I think that you have to just irrationalize everything. Yeah. I don't think you can be able to have a normal conversation if you can't even look at your skin tone and be able to tell yourself what you are. Yeah. You just think that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense, but you know what? Yeah, you go. You go. Me? Yeah. That was at such a polarizing time, too, for the black community. Yeah. There was a lot of like police brutality and stuff like that, and yeah. for him to go out and say something like that is just so disrespectful to everybody else yeah. that are going along with their daily jobs. And yeah, it was very disrespectful. Yeah, it's weird because he's that quote almost implies that he's like bigger than all of that, right? And that that's what I'm saying is it's so irrational. Like, yeah, you're a great athlete. Yeah, you're on TV, but are you, are you really better than everybody else? Yeah. Yeah, you're just a man like me. Yeah, and uh, he was, I guess, proven innocent or whatever. I yeah. don't really even know how that murder trial went. That was yeah. so icky, and then he got sent to prison for some. I don't even know what he got got let out of jail for recently. But yeah, um, yeah, like for him to even get into a, a situation like that where you could even be suspected for murdering your own wife. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, I know. And the and, poor and his her uh, friend that was involved in it too. Who got, I think he was also murdered. Yeah, I was with her. So I, dude, I don't need something with that guy. Yeah, that's crazy. It blows my mind that someone could even get to that point in their life. And it's weird. That, so successful, though. You're such a successful person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody knew OJ. Everybody yeah, knew he was oh. supposed to be the Terminator. Was he in, in like a movie and then he had to. <laughs> he he had was to supposed to be. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be the actual Terminator, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, I mean, it would. OJ Simpson was. He was America, dude, at that moment. Like everybody yeah. knew him in America. He, yeah. OJ Simpson. It was his show. Mm hmm. Yeah. Let's. Uh, actually, I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Like, let's just think about the moment of that happens and his whole life changes, right? Okay. And you're you're totally right. He is one of the most well-known people in the world, one of the most successful people ever. He is now he's levied his sports into um, what is it? Movie success. One of the first athletes to really be super successful at that. Right. Yep. And let's say that doesn't happen. We don't get Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, which then jumpstarts his career, Mm. which is kind of a whole type of thing you know because i'm a big arnold fan so oh yeah everybody knows that one (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, and then um yeah i wonder how things would have been different because do you think i don't know if like arnold would have gotten another opportunity or whatever but that's really funky to me that that one moment 
yeah, maybe he wouldn't have been as successful in the um, uh, movie industry or like film industry, but he for sure would have been successful in bodybuilding because he was mm-hmm. pretty gosh darn good at it. Yeah, he's the. It's crazy. He's it's crazy. definitely one of the greats in bodybuilding. I'm. I'm not. I can't say for myself because I don't know too many other bodybuilders, and I'm sure there yeah. are there's some some great ones, but. Arnold mm-hmm. is definitely one of the most household known names for bodybuilding when you think yeah. of it. There's like um I think yeah. there's two processes or moments in like in bodybuilding or there's there's uh moments in time where in the beginning you have uh the very early parts of bodybuilding where people are just kind of lifting more and they're starting to pose a little bit and it's kind of like a circus show. They talk about it and pump pumping iron a little bit. Okay. And then there's that era of Arnold, which is the pumping iron era and the success where he gets seven olympias or six or seven and then you have the era after that where it was all about i think it's all about size now and really just making sure that every everything is as big as possible you know what i mean because you look at bodybuilders now and they and i'm not like knocking on them or anything it's crazy what the amount of working out they have to do is insane oh definitely they do two three days Mm mm-hmm and they lift every day for hours, okay. yep. which is something that I don't think I could ever do because I love lifting and you enjoy lifting, too. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I could get out there and do my deadlifts in the morning, do my squats and legs and then get back at the end of the day, do upper body and core and get all that stuff. Right. I don't know. I mean, the other thing you don't think of is what doesn't happen in the gym and being able to manage your diet. I mean, you're you're really good at managing your diet and yeah. stuff like that. But the things that other people don't think about when it comes to bodybuilding, that's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. I think managing your diet's almost as important as yeah. your lifting regimen, but also like but they some of them work real jobs as bodybuilders. Some of them yeah. aren't solely because it doesn't pay very well unless you're super successful. Mm-hmm. So some of them have day jobs and they'll go and work out at six o'clock in the morning and they'll shower and then they'll eat their eggs and broccoli and then they'll go right to work and at work they'll only have a bowl of rice and chicken and yeah a whole gallon of water and then they'll get home from work and they might have extra work but hey right in the gym like you said hitting core hitting legs yeah or something that is underdeveloped in them and then they got to do that all over again five to seven times a week yeah it's insane and then they have to cut too at some point oh my gosh yeah that's (laughs) and that's like uh like wrestling and boxing and mm-hmm. stuff like that when you have to meet a certain weight that's other things people don't think about is how hard it is to be able to cut weight like that and how bad it is for your body yeah it's really bad for your body it's, it's really bad for your body um it just bodybuilding fascinates me also too because almost a lot of people like to write it off because because of the steroid situation and and everything like that yeah. But these people almost one thing I've I've tried to tell people is that I, I have never done any like performance enhancing drugs or whatever. Right. Yeah. But if you can say you take steroids and your body recovers faster and it allows you to do more things in a sense, you have to work harder because you have to be in the gym more. You have to do more lifting because you can recover faster. It takes still a lot of dedication. It's just not because you're doing steroids. All of a sudden you are going to be the best bodybuilder ever or the best whatever ever right oh i I totally agree with that you can take steroids and have just more of the negative effects if you don't work out and 
use it how it's supposed to be used. You can totally go down the wrong road with steroids. Yeah. And that's like a scary thing. And I'm not going to, I don't really know anyone specifically, but I've kind of heard through the grapevine of being a college, like some kids are like, yeah, I'm just going to take like a little TRT or HGH, just a little bit. (laughs) Oh yeah. I've seen kids in the gym where you could definitely tell that they're taking some sort of enhancing drug and yeah, if you don't see it quite on their like muscles or their body. Mm-hmm. You can I see a lot of acne from kids that you can tell are taking performance enhancing drugs or yeah, um, even like rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I see a lot of rage out of some of the kids at the the rec center. If you can see it, notice that they look a little larger than usual. Yeah, and the other thing that I notice is proportion. Yeah. I think proportion gets thrown out of whack a lot if you take steroids Mm -hmm. and don't lift properly on them. Yeah, it's a really good point. I was actually, you kind of uh, touched on something that I was thinking about earlier, and I was kind of trying to figure a way to finagle it into the conversation, because I actually have a picture of Arnold right here on my computer, because we're talking on Skype. Yeah. Um, I think you've seen it. It's the background on my desktop. Yeah, I've definitely seen it. Yeah, it's Arnold just looking so jacked and it's crazy because he's my hero but he is so well proportioned compared to today's general bodybuilders in my mind in my mind as like a as a layman not as a bodybuilder right i think yeah i think you're totally right i look at guys like i don't really follow bodybuilding but i do have an instagram and i do see guys like kai green who i know is pretty Mm -hmm. he's he's definitely done well in a lot of bodybuilding competitions and Mm -hmm. like phil heath and yeah, they, I mean, they do still have those big legs and yeah. legs, but I think what's what's a lot bigger now is like uh, lats and chest. Like, I yeah. think a lot of bodybuilders think that by having a bigger lat and a bigger chest and still having big legs, but you're just going to look bigger because your top looks bigger. Yeah, that's how mm-hmm. I think people are looking at it now. But if you I think if your legs I don't know, man, because I'm like I said, I'm not a bodybuilder and I don't know much about the whole yeah. of it. But I I look at guys like Roger Federer and stuff like that, who you look at and you're like, yeah, they look like twigs. Yeah. But you pull their shorts up a little bit and their legs are their their calves and their legs are tree trunks and shredded and shredded yeah. and completely shredded. Yeah. Then you watch them move and it's impressive. So I yeah. can't see a 200 pound bodybuilder with a who's like. Mm-hmm. upper upper uh what's it called like upper heavy or whatever head heavy yeah. who's half i can't see him moving like a roger Federer. so yeah i don't know dude i think bodybuilding is one of its own it's very it's a very unique sport yeah and it's like a really um it's really a big commitment because it takes over everything else in your life you know yep because you can't really um, let's say you're the size of Ronnie Coleman because he's the most famous modern bodybuilder. Okay. And who, by the way, now I think, uh, I heard this on a podcast actually. Um, he, he like has to walk on crutches now cause he lifted so much and Jeez, that's terrible. Like his life is not really enjoyable now, but he'll, he'll always go down as the most, uh, Mr. Olympias, I think in history. Um, if you look at them, they have, uh, that kind of distended belly look from the like i think i think it is from the steroids um i think it's a diuretic dorian yates talked about it when you start taking the diuretics i believe uh it gets you know how their belly kind of sticks out under their six-pack yep yeah i think that's why it is but i'm not entirely sure but they just look so much bigger all around it's crazy 
Uh, yeah, I could I could totally see what you're getting at there. I, I think you're totally right. That's yeah. great. I and like I said, that it's such a unique sport, and yeah, yeah the the negative effects of steroids too. It's mm-hmm. you you get what you pay for, I guess. Yeah, and like I was saying before, is once you commit to that, like say you commit to bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you can't really do. Um, the other things that you might want to do physically, like you definitely won't be playing basketball all the time. You won't be playing tennis. You won't be going, you won't be running like long distances really. Right. Because you, you have to commit so much time to just keeping your muscle. You you can't risk injury. Cause if, I mean, even if you just twist your ankle or something, I mean, you can't train legs for two, three weeks that could throw off your whole lifting cycle or you're playing basketball and your shoulder gets thrown back a little bit in the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can't that that's that's <laughs> something that when you make it to that level of bodybuilding too, you just can't risk what you worked you can't risk for your your body to get destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Before I before I uh, uh go go down, I have I have another uh, thing I want to just touch on real quick. Yeah. Um and that's uh while we're on this is that once you commit to that like I said, um like you can't do the other things and I if you're playing like basketball or tennis or something, you see these guys and it's almost like they can do all the other things that they want to do, right? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I think Novak's a great example because he he's really open on his social media, it seems, and he talks a lot about the stuff he's doing. But he goes and plays tennis. He's uh-huh. play. They all play soccer together when they go to tournaments. It's kind of funky. Where I I don't know if you're seeing that type of similar thing, you know? In bodybuilding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Like I said, and I'm going to say it again, it's such a unique sport, and you have to be such a unique person to be able to Mm -hmm. put your whole life into making your body your masterpiece. Yeah. So to literally hurt your to hurt yourself and destroy what you've been working for that it's it's devastating. That can ruin your career. Yeah. Yeah. A a twist of the ankle or a break of a bone or. That could a whole because what? How long are lifting programs usually? Like six to eight to twelve weeks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're out for three weeks, you missed half your workout program if you're only yeah. doing a six week split. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah, crazy. You can't. Break that. Yeah. As as like you were saying about Novak Djokovic, he's. I mean, God forbid he would hurt himself playing a recreational sport, but. It, you twist yourself, and especially to the level he's made, what like thirty million or whatever, hundred million dollars. Hundred million, playing, yeah. Yeah, hundred million dollars playing. He can afford to miss a tournament, or mm-hmm. he can rehab for two weeks and go right into the tournament and play. Yeah. Whereas a bodybuilder, you have to be working for those two weeks right up to when you're going into competition, or you're yeah out of luck. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed part one with Aiden. Uh, It was an amazing episode for me. I had a ton of fun recording. Uh, Part two is going to be out next week. And if you guys want to get in any updates for the podcast or anything else that I'm doing, go follow me on my social media. Check all of that out. And then also you can check out my website, too. So that the podcast will be up there. Everything else will be up there. And then be on the lookout for part two next week. All right, guys, have a good week. Bye. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye.